Struggling to keep track of your story and world? Archivos is for you! More intuitive than a wiki, more extensible than Scrivener, Archivos builds your story bible into your personal, always-on tactical display. Graphical relationship charting, continuity tools, this thing has it all with bonus options for fan engagement and real-time collaboration. Archivos. Story world management done right www.archivos.digital. That's www.archivos.digital. Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 996. Today we hear from Nicole, who asks, Do you have any advice for being authentic to a character who deals with dyslexia? I'm planning on talking to our special education teachers, but do you know of any characters who are well-written dealing with this experience? I don't. Not off the top of my head. Um, I don't run into it very much. I am dyslexic myself. I can tell you a little bit about my particular kind of experience. Manifests in a couple of ways. The first is that I invert numbers like crazy. It's a real problem for me doing math because I just, just numbers flip easy. Uh, learning a uh, learning a phone number is a matter of setting the number to a song and singing the song to myself because I don't mix up the order if it's in the song. Mm. But uh, if I don't do that. I don't learn the phone number. I transpose digits all the time. Um, I have uh, I've had many, many instances where I'm trying to call a friend or a business, and uh, I'll get someone on the other end who's like, what the hell are you, huh? At least back when people used to answer their phones yeah. instead of letting it go to voicemail because there's so much spam. Still happens sometimes, though. The other is that... Um, is that when it's really bad, which is especially when I'm tired, um, I get this sense of the same sort of pressure at the front of your head you get when you're trying to, trying really hard to filter a conversation in a very, very loud room that's filled with white noise so that you can concentrate on it. And it's quite frustrating. Um, now, my case of dyslexia is not all that bad, and I learned workarounds really, really young, and I partly learned workarounds because I was always in choirs and music and, um, and frankly, in church because uh, memorizing and reciting scripture and stuff like that meant that I was learning the tools of memorization and recitation. And so developing the verbal really helped me find ways to get around it, uh, sub-vocalizing, things I've talked about on other episodes that we'll link to in the show notes here. But... Um, Dyslexia is a, a really, it's kind of one of those squishy basket terms. I don't know that there's a particular disorder. It's just a bunch of different weird neurological quirks that sort of manifest in the same symptoms. So different people's experience seems to vary quite widely, which means that as a writer, you've got a lot of latitude. Mm -hmm. um, you've lived with me all these years. Um Frankly, the, the place where it shows up most that I even actually notice it looking in is because I edit your mm. work and the most common errors are like really random little spelling errors. I think it's difficult for people who are dyslexic to learn 
proper spelling. I also I also uh, write sentences in the wrong order. Sometimes, yes. Um, where I'll, I'll start with the predicate and then do the subject afterwards. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do that for style, and sometimes uh-huh. it's just... Just a mistake. What... What happened in this sentence? I don't understand it. <laughs> and, and that's that, That's what being an editor is about. Um, I have... I know you have um, a sibling that also has dyslexia. That's and true. Um, you and he had very different experiences, partly because you were extremely motivated to learn to read when you were very young. Yep. Um, and he was not because the time of text gaming had had passed had passed by the time he was he was uh yeah i learned age. to read and so i could play text adventure games with my dad who was working three jobs and getting a phd it was the only time i got to spend with him mm-hmm. so he had um delayed reading which is very common for kids with dyslexia especially boys with dyslexia um tend to be delayed um far beyond what is considered normal. If you have a boy with dyslexia, it would be very common for their experience to be that they're learning to read or starting to read at, like, 10. Yep. Or at least starting to not learn, not even, not usually even learning to read, but, like, trying to read on their own. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of where I was, what I was meaning. Yeah, no, no. Like, reading, reading... For pleasure and actually reading, mm-hmm. and, and and they'll get around it with audiobooks now too. Yeah. So, that's what we got. Hopefully, it helps. Good luck, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.